Welcome to the vodcast. Despite some networks that just can't let it go, SARS-CoV-2 is in the rearview mirror. One of the final bureaucratic steps signaling the end of the event took place on May 11th when the U.S. government ended its SARS-CoV-2 national emergency declaration. You're probably aware that of the three major social media platforms in the U.S., we have one that supports free speech, that's Twitter, and we have two that don't allow open debate or discussion on a number of topics, most notably SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the vaccines. Those are, of course, YouTube and Facebook. I was waiting to see if whether, after May 11th, the two anti-free speech platforms would end their censorship of science that exposes dangerous establishment falsehoods. They didn't. That's not much of a surprise because they get paid millions of dollars to silence factual information that reveals government and industry narratives to be disinformation. In other words, they get paid to protect disinformation that is false and dangerous to the public. You may have noticed that Congress appears to be hamstrung when it comes to protecting free speech in America's 21st century digital town square. Instead of addressing that critical issue, they engage in distractions, like the TikTok hearing. That's also not much of a surprise because Facebook and YouTube, YouTube being owned by Google, are huge contributors to the politicians in D.C. Because Facebook and YouTube both make big money from preventing the American people from finding out the truth, I thought we might look ahead at what truthful information they're likely to be censoring in the not-too-distant future. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's start with this. Unless Congress grows a pair and stops social media platforms like Facebook and YouTube from promoting disinformation by silencing open debate and discussion, YouTube and Facebook will continue doing it because it makes them a ton of money and gives them leverage. 2020, 2021, and 2023 showed that both companies could restrict content just like communist China does, and Americans would, in the main, just keep using those platforms. In other words, YouTube and Facebook have everything to gain and nothing to lose by suppressing the free speech of American citizens. Accordingly, that censorship will not only continue, but it will expand to other subjects. Because getting YouTube and Facebook to remove factual content on selected topics is a very expensive game, the only real players are government, big med, big food, and big pharma, with government and big pharma being the main players. All of those entities have a long history of deceiving the American people in order to push false agendas and or rake in massive profits from products, the benefits of which to the public is often questionable. The pitch Facebook and YouTube use to justify removing factual content is they're doing it to protect you from harm. As if you're a child who is incapable of deciding for yourself what is true or false and you need adults to protect you. That's a truly ironic pitch because after Facebook and YouTube remove the factual content they're getting paid to remove, it leaves only the harmful disinformation they're getting paid to promote. Big Pharma has plans to make trillions of dollars over the next several years from several drugs, and just like with the mRNA vaccines, they don't want any content appearing on Facebook or YouTube that could threaten their revenue, so they're happy to pay YouTube and Facebook huge sums of money to have content removed that challenges Big Pharma's narrative. The two areas concerning which Big Pharma is poised to make a push for trillions of dollars is cancer and obesity. Now, of course, who is it that wouldn't want a cure for cancer, right? 
But is that what you're going to get? <laughs> of course not. Big Pharma doesn't do cures. It does ongoing revenue. Pfizer, in particular, is working towards the goal of bringing cancer drugs to market. How will Pfizer bring these products to market? If it's true that past performance indicates future conduct, Pfizer will game the clinical trials, submit carefully tailored, incomplete data to FDA to gain approval, and make trillions of dollars from products that will be every bit as effective concerning cancer as its mRNA jab was at stopping infection from SARS-CoV-2. Remember when the public was told Pfizer's jab would reduce the risk of infection by 95%? How'd that turn out? As a side note, the FDA has been completely captured by Big Pharma, so FDA won't challenge Pfizer's carefully tailored, incomplete data. When someone goes to court to get the data Pfizer submitted to the FDA, after the FDA denies a Freedom of Information Act request, the FDA will tell the court that the data should not be available to the public for several decades, as it did with the mRNA vaccine. If you are unaware of what I mean when I say the FDA has been captured by Big Pharma, look up the phrase regulatory capture. In today's presentation, I'm going to tell you how to keep from getting cancer and obesity, a message Big Pharma does not want you to hear. Being told you have cancer is an incredibly scary and stressful thing. When a person is told he or she has cancer, most people's immediate thought is, so you're telling me I may die? Despite a cancer diagnosis hitting people like a gut punch from Mike Tyson, getting people to make some simple changes in their lives to ensure they never get cancer is like pulling teeth. It blows my mind that some people are so averse to change that they'd rather hear they have cancer than make a few simple changes in their life. As an aside, stick with me to the end because I have an astounding special offer for you. If the federal government was to declare cancer a national health emergency, that would give Facebook and YouTube some convenient cover for their censorship. But it's not necessary, as we see from the fact that the federal government's national health emergency declaration regarding SARS-CoV-2 expired on May 11th, yet Facebook and YouTube kept their censorship policies in place. As long as they keep getting paid to silence the truth, they'll keep silencing the truth. Censorship is now a part of their business model. It's pay-to-play censorship. For enough money, they'll silence anything. Pfizer pays a staggering amount of money to scientists, institutions, and media to say Pfizer's data is sound and Pfizer is serving humanity. Here's how the social media censorship game is played. Pfizer tells the scientists and institution it bribes, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I mean funds, that they are to say Pfizer's data is sound and its product is a game changer for cancer. If the scientists and institutions want Pfizer's money, which they do, they do as they're told. The media outlets to whom Pfizer pays huge sums then report the glowing adulation Pfizer's product has received from the scientists and institutions that Pfizer paid. Facebook and YouTube will then use the bribery-induced statements from scientists and institutions that Pfizer's data is sound and valid to assert that any comment disputing the safety or efficacy of Pfizer's product is disinformation that must be removed to prevent harm. Big Pharma will pay YouTube and Facebook hundreds of millions of dollars to remove content that disputes Pfizer's party line on cancer and its cancer drugs. In this pay-to-play censorship scheme, science that contradicts Pfizer's bought-and-paid-for narrative won't be allowed. A number of Big Pharma companies have big plans for drugs they claim will end obesity. With obesity exploding in the U.S., this is another potential trillion-dollar product. 
You can tell Big Pharma is gearing up to have these drugs approved by their minions at FDA because the press has been pumping out endless articles about obesity, many of them making scientifically absurd claims. These anti-obesity drugs that are just around the corner aren't coming out because there is no solution, no cure for obesity. There absolutely is. The obesity drugs that are just around the corner are what I call permissiveness drugs. They allow people to be self-permissive, to continue engaging in behavior everyone knows is the cause of the disease while not actually getting the disease. As I mentioned earlier, Big Pharma doesn't do cures, it only does ongoing revenue, so these drugs will have to be taken for the rest of a person's life. Unless at some point the person chooses to change his or her choices that, absent the drug, lead to obesity. All drugs have side effects. Because of that, it is my opinion that if your body can do its job correctly and effectively without any Big Pharma products, you should not put any Big Pharma products in your body. My position is obviously averse to the message Big Pharma wants you to hear. How long will it be until YouTube and Facebook start removing content saying obesity is a lifestyle choice because that reality threatens Big Pharma's revenue? Well, that depends. Will there be enough revenue in upcoming anti-obesity measures to justify Big Pharma paying Facebook and YouTube the exorbitant amount of money they demand to silence the truth? We'll have to wait and see. And who knows how Facebook and YouTube may tackle the issue. Perhaps when people say obesity is a choice, and all one need do to no longer be obese is make different choices, YouTube and Facebook will classify that as hate speech against obese people. I know that sounds crazy to you and me, but silencing the truth in exchange for money, well, it's a crazy business. I'm about to tell you how to never get cancer or be obese. When you hear it, you may be shocked at the simplicity. That immediate emotional response may result in a knee-jerk reaction that what I'm saying isn't true. Not to worry, when you hear something that is incompatible with 60 years of government and industry disinformation, incredulity is a natural reaction. I would simply encourage you not to dismiss the science you hear today because the establishment has lied to you for decades and over that time you've unconsciously inculcated their lies as truth. In body science, I explain that cancer is driven by glucose, exacerbated by insulin, and metastasizes when high levels of IGF are present. There's no need for you to remember those particulars today because it's all laid out clearly in body science. I don't know whether you're aware there are two completely different methods of fueling the 100 trillion cells of your body, and those two methods are mutually exclusive. The good news is you're free to choose whichever method you think best. The two methods are glucosis and ketosis. Let me give you a quick overview of those. In glucosis, the 100 trillion cells of your body are fueled by glucose, which is just another way of saying they use the sugar running around in your blood for energy. The other method is ketosis. When you're in ketosis, your cells get their energy primarily from fatty acids and to a lesser extent ketones, not glucose. Because those methods are mutually exclusive, every human being on the planet is running in one mode or the other. Obviously, I can't share with you today everything that's in body science, so I'll just quickly connect the dots. Remember a moment ago I said cancer is driven by glucose, exacerbated by insulin, and metastasizes when high levels of IGF are present. Well, the vast majority of people in glucosis have elevated levels of glucose multiple times a day. And glucose is the essential fuel for cancer cells. Elevated glucose then produces elevated insulin. 
insulin is to cancerous tumors what miracle Grow is to plants. Higher insulin levels produce higher levels of IGF. IGF is the substance that energizes the process of cancer metastasizing, moving from its original site to multiple other areas of the body. Now, let's consider a body in ketosis. When in ketosis, glucose, that essential fuel for cancer cells, nearly always stays at or near baseline in the blood, which is where it's intended to remain. Further, after a person has been in ketosis for some time, the cells get to the point where they completely reject glucose. Because cancer cells must consume a massive amount of glucose to survive, when there is no glucose in the cells nor anything above baseline in the blood, cancer simply cannot exist. Because a body in ketosis never has an elevated blood glucose level, there is no commensurate insulin response. In ketosis, insulin is rarely needed. When it is produced, it is in meager amounts for a short period of time. Consistently low insulin levels don't promote cancer cell growth. When insulin levels remain consistently low, IGF also remains low. When IGF remains low, cancer cells don't metastasize. I'm sure you can understand why the science I just shared with you could literally cost Pfizer trillions of dollars over a number of years. As an illustrative example, if tomorrow everyone in the U.S. chose to live in ketosis, Pfizer's intended push to make trillions of dollars from cancer drugs would fall flat. You can't make money off a disease virtually no one has. You can see why it will be worthwhile for Big Pharma to pay Facebook and YouTube, whatever they ask, to have them silence the reality we just discussed. If scientific reality will cost Big Pharma trillions of dollars, then scientific reality will be removed, and the person posting it will be punished by YouTube and Facebook. Welcome to post-COVID America. Have you noticed that when the U.S. invades a country, the media, including left-leaning outlets, immediately falls in line telling their audience all the reasons it's right and proper for the U.S. to invade? That's because when there is a supposed national emergency, the media immediately becomes an extension of the state, dutifully regurgitating the government's narrative and completely suspending its proper role of questioning or challenging the government's narrative. What you probably don't know is the government's Grace Commission found that 100% of income tax goes to pay the interest on the national debt, and not a single penny goes to pay for any of the services for which the public falsely believes its income tax pays. Keep that fact in mind as we delve a bit further. Now, follow what I'm about to say. Throughout history, significant issues have languished with little public attention. But then, suddenly, the issue catches fire and the public interest soars. A historical example of that is what happened to the civil rights movement after Selma's Bloody Sunday. Up until that time, whites hadn't been terribly interested in the civil rights movement. But that Sunday, TV cameras were present, and the networks beamed into the living rooms of Americans across the country video of white state troopers brutalizing peaceful protesters. That moment, when white Americans all across the country saw peaceful, respectful black citizens viciously beaten, changed the course of the civil rights movement. My point being, sometimes it only takes a spark. What would the banks of the Federal Reserve do if they no longer received interest payments from the U.S. government? And how might that happen? As just discussed, sometimes an issue concerning which the public has shown little interest suddenly captures the people's attention. Imagine that the truth about the income tax, which is that ordinary working Americans don't owe it and never have, suddenly caught fire in this country. 
If that reality suddenly captured the attention of the American public, within months they came to understand that the income tax does not apply to them, and they stopped filing and paying. For the sake of this illustration, let's say 70% of individuals in business stopped filing and paying. That would mean the U.S. payments on the interest of the national debt would be cut by 70%. Well, there may be quite a number of consequences from that. One would certainly be that banks would stop loaning the federal government money because if banks can't get interest, they don't loan money. Period. Since most federal programs are paid for by borrowing, not tax revenue, those programs would come to a screeching halt. The only alternative would be to run the printing press 24-7, 365, which would send inflation soaring to the extent that within a few months, you'd need a wheelbarrow of cash to buy a loaf of bread. If you're looking for a way to force the federal government back into its constitutionally proper limited role, shutting off its endless no-limit credit card is the way to do it. Of course, the U.S. government would consider that an existential threat and would take every conceivable action to stop it from occurring. One of those actions would certainly be to pay YouTube and Facebook to silence the truth about the income tax. At the same time, every news outlet in the country would be running stories about how the nation is on the brink of economic collapse, and Americans acting on the information they're seeing will push the nation over the edge into the abyss. This would set up the dynamic that it's a national emergency, perhaps even a national security threat. Imagine the federal government taking the position that Americans learning what the law really says and acting on what the law really says is a national security threat. From 2020 to this current day, YouTube and Facebook continue prohibiting science on their platforms if that science threatens Pfizer's COVID revenue. So we know they'd be happy to continue taking government money to silence the American people. They just switched from banning a discussion of a certain area of science to banning discussion of a certain area of law. During COVID, we saw hundreds of so-called experts appearing in the media every day to promote the false establishment narrative. You'll see the same thing concerning income tax. Hundreds of accountants, attorneys, government officials will be featured day in and day out, telling you that what you're hearing is not true. The big difference here is that while a whole lot of people can't make heads or tails of science, every single American can understand exactly what the law says about the income tax by reading Income Tax Shattering the Miss. I laughed as I was putting my notes together for this presentation because I'm sure one of the pictures you'll hear will be, if you learn what the law really says and you choose to no longer allow yourself to be scammed, then you're helping China! <laughs> Mark my words, when the day comes, you'll hear that. Right now, I'm running a special on both income tax shattering the mist and body science. Here's how it works. First, for a limited time, I'm giving you 15% off income tax shattering the mist. To get that 15% discount, use the coupon code OWNIT. All one word. I'll put that code in the notes. If you purchase the bundle that includes income tax shattering the mist and body science, you'll get that 15% off income tax shattering the mist, and you get free shipping. For the bundle, use the coupon code FREEBIE. I'll put that code and the link to that bundle in the notes. In the 13 years income tax shattering the mist has been out, I have never offered more than a 10% discount. So 15% is a great deal that likely won't come again. Not only will you learn what every American should know about the government's income tax scam, You'll also discover many hidden physiological truths revealed in body science, such as how not to get cancer, heart disease, obesity, Alzheimer's, insulin resistance, hypertension, metabolic disease, and more. 
Additionally, you'll be getting information the establishment will pay billions of dollars to keep the American people from seeing. Purchasing income tax shattering the myths and or body science also supports my being here for you with these thought-provoking presentations. Please share this vodcast everywhere. And thanks for being here. Take care.